0: Hello, and welcome to Minta Dialogue, episode number 89. This interview recorded on January 30th, 2014, is with Rupak Saluja, founder and CEO of the 120 Media Collective, as well as Bang Bang Films, a film production company. Based in Mumbai, Rupak is also part of the Angel Investor Network, a renowned trance DJ, and has been consistently voted one of the most influential leaders in India. In this conversation, we discuss some of the new technology and marketing initiatives happening in India a most dynamic market. Enjoy the show. Welcome to the Minted Dialogue Internet Show, where we discuss brand marketing with a focus on all things digital. I am Minted Dial, author of TheMindset.com, that's T-H-E-M-Y-N-D-S-E-T, where branding gets personal. You'll find the show notes on the blog for the upcoming interview. Let's cut to quick. Enjoy the show. Hello and welcome to the Minter Dialogue Show. Today I have piped in from India, a guy who's a, a fellow classmate from NCIET and running a big, big business in in marketing in India. So, Rupak, tell us who you are and what do you do.
1: Um, hi, Minter. Thanks a lot for having me on the show. Absolute pleasure. Um, so. For our listeners out there, my name is Rupak Saluja. I run, I'm the founder and chief executive of a company called the 120 Media Collective. Uh, the company's existed since uh, 2006. Uh, a little bit about my background prior to that, I am a diplomat, so much like yourself, I have a very sort of cross-continental upbringing and uh, moved around all my life having lived uh, in 10 countries on six continents.
0: And an impressive uh, string of languages you speak as well. Uh, yes, a few. Yeah, yeah. A few yeah. not so well. <laughs> Naturally.
1: Um, so so I, I did boarding school in India up in the Himalayas uh, for about six years. Other than that, I was outside with my parents, and then I was in the U.S. Eventually, I uh, moved to Budapest, where I graduated from the Budapest Economics University, which, uh, interestingly enough used to be, uh, prior to 91 called the Karl Marx University <laughs> and the foremost center of economic learning in the communist world.
0: You capitalist, you.
1: <laughs> and you actually have a big statue of Karl Marx a la Lincoln at the Lincoln Memorial, uh, when you walk into the, um, to the atrium of the university. Uh-huh. Anyway, uh, so Budapest was where I graduated and then I started working in advertising, um, i i wanted to be a writer but i i started my career in advertising in a country where the language of advertising was hungarian i I've su- i subsequently did learn hungarian quite well but not well enough i suppose to be a copywriter so i became by default a client servicing uh, executive uh did that i was at young and Rubicam in budapest and then i uh, i moved to ogilvy in paris uh, where Although I was working in Paris, I wasn't working for the French market exclusively. I was, uh, my, in my last role, I was running the Motorola account, uh, for Europe, Middle East and Africa at Ogilvy Paris. Um, and that aside, I also was a trans DJ, uh, and I started a record label with a, um, with a fellow DJ from Budapest and we had that running. Um, and I did the advertising thing for about six and a half years. Uh, then went to INSEAD uh, and got my MBA there in '04. Another type, another I- type of trance, eh? Uh, yes, exactly. <laughs> uh, just to just to put things in perspective, as far as that goes, I, I managed to defer my admission to INSEAD uh, and live the DJ life for about nine months. And uh, the funny thing is that when I started my MBA orientation in Singapore uh, at INSEAD the party that i played that 3 days before that in goa was still going on
0: <laughs> we're well, talking about lasting effect and then you get into then you go uh, after insiad you you found uh, also a film company or production company Is that right? that's
1: right so i moved to india in 05 i'd never lived in in
0: bombay i'd lived in india at different
1: times of my life but i'd never worked in india and it was quite an interesting experience it was uh, initially it was a bit like banging my head against a brick wall because uh, you know, you have to get used to, I mean, I'm Indian in every way, and I grew up, you know, this, the, the child of an Indian diplomat, so I, even though I was outside the country, I was very Indian, but uh, not having worked here, that's a whole different story, you know, and so starting your own company and uh, encountering um, uh, the ways that things run in India is quite a challenge at the same time, uh, but I eventually found my happy group, and uh, this was 06, uh, uh, started Uh, Started Bang Bang Films. I co-founded the company along with three other people, none of whom are part of the company any longer. So Bang Bang Films was a, or is, a commercial production company, and uh, we did uh, a few things that were a little bit different. We um, disrupted the market, I'd like to say, and created a bit of a paradigm shift by opening up the market to international talent and also by operating with a heightened level of professionalism compared to what was going on. And in about four years' time, we, we grew to be the largest company in the commercial production
0: space in India. So, um, Rupak, I was going to ask you, I mean, one of the things that's interesting about the, this this world is that, uh, like in China, many of the Chinese would go out and, and go get educated in in the universities, and then, then they would stay there. And then now you feel there's more Chinese coming back to... China and, and bringing back with them their education, you've done the same thing. Do you find that there are uh, many more Indians who have uh, decided they want to come back to roost? Uh, is, that, is that something that's also really strong these days? Undoubtedly. Um, well, for me, it was really, you know, in 2004, in I uh, went to INSEAD,
1: that was the year that India really started, quote-unquote, shining. That was the year that India was suddenly hyphenated with, with China. Uh, and everyone was talking about the Indian growth story. So I kind of felt, you know, um, this is my country, and and either I want a job that has something to do with the Indian market or I want to move to India. And so that was my uh, – and then I came to Bombay in in, in the couple of months I had uh, as a break in the summer, and I decided this is where I wanted to be. But I think uh, the the India growth story, which is looking sort of mediocre at best at the moment, but I think that's a short-term blip. Uh, has definitely driven not just Indians from India, but people of Indian origin. And in addition, people who ethnically have absolutely nothing to do with India to come to India and sort of explore, uh, you know, the possibility and the, you know, the potential growth that lies in this market. And I think that's further augmented by the general economic situation, you know, since, since, uh, 08, uh, and people considering that I mean, if you just take INSEAD, for example, the number of INSEAD MBAs who have moved to India has probably gone up um, by a factor of five or six. Uh, I'm talking about Indians. Initially, everyone would just sort of head towards uh, London or Paris or New York. And now you have a lot of people coming here just because there's more opportunities.
0: Yeah, it's fascinating. I mean, obviously, <clears throat> for many businesses outside of India, India represents an opportunity for world-class English-speaking customer service, you've got amazing coding schools and and that whole... I mean, when I was there, I was just in in India over the the, the Christmas holidays, and the number of times you go into the middle of nowhere and you would see signs saying coding schools or internet, you know, learn internet. I mean, really, in the middle of nowhere, you'd have these signs, and, and clearly it's just massively deploying. And so there's a lot of there's these common conceptions, I would say, of India. But what also? How do you define some of the interesting things that are happening in terms of innovation? Because I know that India is bubbling in terms of uh, engineers, great thinkers, and some great entrepreneurs. So can you give us an idea of, of a, where the where the entrepreneurial and innovation areas are, and what might be coming out of them?
1: Well, I think that you know just the sheer scale and size is a is a huge advantage, uh, and that is because there's a demand, so there is a supply, and it goes up and down. And, and you know, it's not just in in the technology space, but even if you were to take so the uh, an, an industry which I'm involved with, which is the film industry, as an example, you know, there's uh, there's enough work to keep everyone busy, and there's a lot of people doing a lot of things. But the, I think the the people who are really operating at the highest level of quality is uh, is a small percentage, mm-hmm. right? And so I think the same applies to the tech space. Um, but there are more and more pockets of innovation, you know, before and what's known globally is, is Bangalore. Um, what people don't realize is that it's not just Bangalore, and this is not just people outside the country, even within the country, uh, you know, when you have a large city like Bombay, which is known for about 100 different things, <laughs> Um, the, you know, you don't really particularly recognize it. Much like sort of the the, the tech space in New York, even though right. it existed for a while, it took a while before it sort of got the attention, just because New York's about everything. Really. that's it, right?
0: Right. Um, it's your little pockets. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. So I think apart from Bangalore, there's um, there's Hyderabad, uh, where Facebook has uh, a major major operation, which is catering um, tech-wise to the uh, global um, their global operations. Um, there's Chandigarh in the north in Punjab. Mm-hmm. There's Pune, uh, which is about two hours drive from Bombay. Yep. So there's a lot of little hubs that are sort of springing up. Um, and uh, it's not just it's not just the, you know tech companies, yeah. but you know when you have tech companies, you have innovation. You have an entire ecosystem which develops with angel investment, etc. I'm a member of the Indian Angel Network, and I can tell you that when I started, there was only um, Bombay and Delhi uh, four years ago, and now there are six different uh, centres and meetings held in six different places because there are opportunities in these six different places.
0: A couple of weeks ago, I had uh, your friend Rajiv Mehta, also part of the same network on, on the show. Ah, so, exactly. um, give us can you give us a, an idea of um, a couple of interesting uh, activities that are happening or you know innovations that you've seen happen in India that would, be, would speak to the way the Indian market of innovation is happening?
1: Well, um, you know, in India, there's a, there's a concept of uh, of homegrown innovation called uh, jagar, and jagar is sort of it's it's very difficult to define. But I know this, this this word exists in a few different languages, and it's always got its own sort of local nuance. In. But Jogar in India really is, I would say, um, shrewd shrewd homegrown innovation. Uh, just an example, which is not really very high tech, rather low tech, uh, is in Punjab, uh, lassi, which is buttermilk, which is the staple drink of uh, of, of Indian farmers in the north. Yeah, salty, uh, so salty or sweet. Salty or sweet can be mango as well, and you know. So, um, so lassi. Uh, there's a there were there were cases of of people making lassi on a commercial scale. Uh, using washing machines. Uh, so in the early 90s when, uh, you know, when the LGs and Samsungs and the whirlpools of the world came into India and sort of mass, started mass, mass producing these things and people saw the opportunity. You know what? This can be used to make musty. Why not? And businesses that were founded on this, on this basis. So, um, I think that
0: innovation in India,
1: uh, you know, makes, obviously there's, there's stuff which can be applied at a global, at a global level. So for example, um, the first, uh, so Facebook just acquired a company called, uh, Little Eye Labs, uh, which if I'm honest with you, I, I'm not quite sure what they do because I haven't really gotten into it. It's been all over the news for the past couple of weeks. so I'm mm-hmm. not really sure. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, uh, then, you know, so there's, and then Google just, uh, invested in, in, in some, something as well about a week ago. But I think that, uh, True innovation that's interesting in India, which is unique to India, is stuff that really takes into consideration the the contrast, the contradiction, um, and the paradoxes that lie within India. So, for example, um, there's something which I I can't believe I only heard of this about a month ago, but there's something called Rocket Talk, um, which I was at a client uh, digital day, so-called digital day seminar organized by one of my clients in Delhi and uh one of the founders of this company called rocket talk was there and uh what rocket rocket talk is is it's a um it's an sms enabled um voice platform uh so you can it's and it's meant for feature phones uh and you you have the app on your phone and you you once you download it so you can if you have the rocket talk app you can record your voice or record a message on your voice and transfer it through and anyone with the app gets it. If you don't have the app, uh, you get a link and you can you uh, you know, you can hear what's been sent across. So it's purely voice and people interact just as they would with uh, regular web 1.0, 2.0 apps, uh, forums, uh, discussion, competitions, um, all kinds of interactions. And it's got a 10 million strong community. In fact, this guy was telling me about uh, this Indian. Uh, there's a there's a type of poetry in India called shayari. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's it's sort of you know not just in India but across the Urdu speaking world. And uh, it, you know and and they had apparently there was a shayari competition. On Rocket Talk, on the Rocket Talk platform with people from 25 different countries, presumably people that have a connection to India, mm-hmm. but all on this voice-only platform going back and forth. Wow. So, you know, it's, it's really a low-tech version of, of, of high-tech, you know. In yeah, a way. No,
0: I think there's a lot of room for low-tech innovation. Uh, low-hanging fruit, and uh, and uh, by the way, I mean feature phones still are existing in in uh, they're still there, so that's really cool. I love that root pack. So talking about um, marketing, because you you you've, I mean you're really at the forefront, and I if you look at your LinkedIn, it looks like you know you're <clears throat> really the guy to speak to, <clears throat> um, and you, and plus you've worked around the world. Uh, what how do you see digital marketing or marketing in general, and digital marketing as a subset? evolving this year? What are the, the key pillars you think are, are, are going to be important?
1: So, um, I, you know, I think I, I only mentioned about Bang Bang Films, but beyond that, uh, in, in 2009, you know, based on the premise that the entire consumer engagement model was changing and, uh, you know, the word digital was being thrown around, I think in around 08, I had a desire to have something to do with this word that I really didn't know much about. So it took us about a year, and we we realized that there was an enormous opportunity in the content space being producers, um, and we created a company called Jack in the Box, which uh, evolved from you know into a social media agency and then a full-fledged digital agency. Um, and so the and the reason I mention all this is because Jack in the Box, given that it's part of uh, it has you know it is closely associated with a production company, um, Jack in the Box. Uh, our true differentiator there is content, video content, and which is absolutely amazing for us because this is really the year of video in India, um, and not just in India. I mean, globally, video, you know, it, as an engagement tool, has been gaining ground, and you know, obviously, uh, it's been around for a while. But why in India, is especially, because uh, you know, we have um, with with bandwidth. Increasing and, uh, you know, fast internet or, or, or acceptable internet being available in many different, uh, parts of India now and not just in the big urban centers has changed a lot of things around, you mm-hmm. know, and the game has completely changed. I was reading yesterday that India, though, uh, I mean, even if India is at 119 in terms of ranking of internet speeds globally, which isn't really great, no. but, uh, it still has provided a playground for uh, video to be huge. Another article I was reading yesterday said that there, were, there are 43 million unique YouTube views per month in India, um, which is, you know, not YouTube views, sorry, YouTube viewers. Mm-hmm. That's a huge number. And that number is expected to go uh, to grow six times by two thousand sixteen. So all of this, you know, provides an, an environment where video as an engagement tool is is huge. And I think globally as well. Uh, although video has really been around for a while, I think what now is really going to happen is um, for uh, for marketers to really crack. Uh, you know, so far it's been all about engagement and awareness, but I think they're going to move. Um, you know, through the the value chain in terms of what video can provide, and, and marketers are going to start expecting video to actually um, drive purchase and uh, you know have a direct commercial application as well, and not just engagement.
0: Yeah, I mean, if we're talking India, it's hard not to imagine using the word Bollywood when we talk about video. And also, I was wondering, I know, the thing, the revelation for me this trip to India was Hollywood, Mollywood and not just Bollywood, but. Do you feel that that has an impact on what storytelling and video is in India? Because we we talk about storytelling, we talk about video, and and typically we sort of end up with Hollywood. I was wondering, do you you feel like there's any particularity to this type of storytelling you have and and how Bollywood, Hollywood, Mollywood, Collywood is maybe also impacting that?
1: Undoubtedly. Um, You know, in India, India... Uh, a culture that's based on adulation, and you can see that by the fact that you know Hinduism, which is 83% of the population, is you know has this uh, countless number of uh, gods and deities that exist, um, and that into that translates into popular culture as well, uh, which is why Bollywood and cricket are the two things are the two pegs um, that marketers use uh, for everything. Um, because we like to hero worship, so whether it's a Bollywood star or a cricketer, uh, it's it's all centered around that, which is why brand endorsements, celebrity brand endorsements, are bigger in India than anywhere else in the world. Um, now, you know, you you find uh, that Bollywood, essentially, you know, the, the color, the emotion of it, is something that uh, is very much a part of our culture, whether it's actually in film or even in terms of um, the kind of marketing that's done in terms of video content. Just to look at um, a recent successful example of a video that did really well with Google Chrome uh, had a wonderful um, video that they ran exclusively online. Actually, it was exclusively online. They started running uh, shorter versions on TV as well recently. But it was um, really pushing Google search and, and you know, just sort of driving awareness for it as if they really need that. But I sure. think it's just sort of to, as a reminder. And it, the story was about, um, a you know, a, sort of an old man and his friend who was separated uh, in Pakistan because one came to this side of the border, the other stayed that side. And they were childhood friends. And then, um, you know, this guy on the Indian side, his daughter um, helped through Google search find the friend. Now... Although that's not really Bollywood, but it looked like it was a scene out of a Bollywood movie, just in terms of the word, the emotion um, and the the sentimentality of it. And that's that's very very Bollywood. They're not we're not uh, we're not shy to have sort of um, uh, to be a little bit oversaturated as far as emotion. goes. has emotion goes.
0: I love it. Uh, you know, um, another guy I. I... I I love, I very much admire and and enjoy is uh, Rishi Kiani, and he told me about in India about a social network called Speaking Tree, which is uh, a, a, a network, as I understand it, where you have gurus who you follow, which just might like you use a terminology in Twitter about who you follow. So the adulations component. Matched in with the guru that is so Indian, and put it into a social network, and you have Speaking Tree. I don't know if uh, it's still as popular as uh, what I've heard about it, but is that? I think that's another great example of, of an Indian innovation <laughs> in storytelling. Um, so, in in terms of um, in in in, uh, in India, we, with your business, um, what we have video content storytelling driving a business. What about distribution? Do you have how how do you manage that part, or do clients really ask you for how you're going to uh, up the eyeballs and so on? So
1: um, yes, they do. I think that you know, as as the internet, uh, as you know, mobile penetration and internet penetration becomes higher and higher in India, um, there is the expectation is is higher. I mean, you know, just to just to give you an idea um in terms of mobile penetration, there are 900 million um, mobile subscribers in in India and you know it's it's really you know the number of mobile internet users is somewhere around um, 80 million right now and and as these numbers go higher the expectation is going to be higher. So I think that currently you know you have YouTube, you have uh, which is there's a you know there's a big drive from YouTube to reach, um, sort of uh, non-English speaking, non-urban markets in India. But aside from that, you have, uh, you know, the view clips of the world who are sort of trying to reach out to uh, non-smartphone markets. You have, uh, uh, so so distribution, I think, you know, rocket talk, things like that. But I think that um, there is an opportunity, most definitely on the urban side, for a big, you know, we don't have a Netflix of India. We don't have a Hulu of India, for example. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And if you look at the kind of content that's being consumed by urban Indians, um, it's people are consuming uh, the stuff that people are consuming everywhere else in the world. People are watching Game of Thrones, Breaking Bad, Homeland, etc., etc. et cetera. And, and that's because, uh, just to give you an idea, I mean, uh, if you look at Bollywood, Bollywood has evolved tremendously in terms of the film industry. Has evolved tremendously over the past 20 years, um, and that's mainly because um, film exhibition, which is a real estate game, um, when with the advent of multiplexes, so within a fixed piece of real estate, you could you could actually cater to fragmented audiences. Suddenly, allowed for uh, the film industry not to cater just to the lowest common denominator, uh, leading to the evolution of of, of the of the industry. What's happening on television, however, is that uh, because you do have to cater to the lowest common denominator, the economics dictated by the demographic keeps television as regressive as ever. Mm-hmm. If you have, with so many people being online now, if you have a video platform, an online video platform that actually caters to urban audiences, that's a tremendous, tremendous opportunity. And that is an opportunity not just for uh, for the audience, but even for marketers to actually tap into that, because you've got a very specific audience with a higher purchasing power to engage with. Rupak,
0: in, in India, who who are the brands that are doing great things in digital marketing? And any examples would be welcome. <laughs> yeah,
1: um, I would say um, you know Google is, uh, is is doing some very interesting stuff um there's brands like uh well we're doing something very interesting for unilever which has hasn't really seen uh the light of day yet so uh it will be online uh on the 1st of april so i can't really talk much about it but it's um
0: I, hope, it's, uh, <laughs> I presume there's no red fish involved
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah so um there's There's Unilever, who is investing very heavily in digital this year. You know, I mean, there's a lot of marketers who are sort of putting their – so one is in terms of the spend that they're putting behind digital. Automatically, the moment you do that, you also have a lot more accountability to do creatively engaging stuff as well. Um, We have online – we've done some stuff for uh, Louis-Philippe, which is um, a, an Indian apparel brand which takes advantage of uh, both uh, you know, the online space as well as connecting with the offline space and using film and social media. Um, for Puma as well, there's some very interesting stuff that we've done which, does, which takes advantage. I think that the most, the most interesting work really is stuff that's not really confined just to the digital space but actually breaks beyond the boundaries of that and takes into consideration everything that's happening in your daily life, which
0: is stuff that's truly immersive, really, mm. is the best. I, so I have a question for you. I mean, take uh, Louis Philippe, for example. When they do their program, and because India has, what, so 17 official languages or more, is it, and you're doing storytelling, and you're doing video, social, are we – how do they manage the languages? Well, the truth is that a majority of your
1: online audience – uh, speaks English. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think where it'll get really tricky is once you have internet penetration um, going a lot faster than. I mean, the internet's definitely going to penetrate a lot faster than English. Because the bottom line is the reality of India is that um, if you don't speak English, there is, generally speaking, a barrier to your upward mobility. And, you know, what's different though in India is that today, Uh, there is the possibility to be upwardly mobile in India beyond um, the family that you were born in, beyond the circumstances you were born in. And that sort of meritocracy, uh, although I wouldn't say India is a meritocracy, but it is changing, right? And Mm. I think the two two factors that really will empower that in India, one is the ability to speak English, and the other is the Internet. Um, So as the Internet sort of proliferates, uh, into, but I think, you know, as I was saying, the internet is going to move faster than English. Mm-hmm. So you're going to have a lot of localization, a lot of, uh, once the internet goes rural, you're going to have to grapple with that. So I think that as far as video content goes, um, there will be certain things that will have to be done. I'll, I'll just talk about that in a moment. It's very, very interesting sort of thing that's happening in India. But I think even in terms of technology, keyboards, uh there's uh, I've seen three different uh, tech ventures which is trying to cater to the internet uh in regional languages as far as keyboard voice recognition etc goes in the past 12 months mm. uh, so that aside coming back to the story I was gonna tell you was about how regional languages really while you know you and I are over here speaking in English and everyone in my office and everyone uh 90% of the people I speak to on a daily basis we speak in English um, but Um, the what we, you know, sitting in a bubble of 100, 150 million Indians, what we neglect and what we, you know, we we neglect the fact that the vast majority of India does speak Hindi or any of these other languages, and not just 17. They're about just, you know, there are, films are made in India in 30 different languages. Um, And then there's a few hundred more. So that's the vastness of it. But. You know, just to give you an idea in terms of local content, so there's um, Bombay is a city of a, a lot of migrants, and there are a thousand people who move to Bombay every single day to live here from outside of the city. Um, so, uh, especially, you know, so the jobs that people who come in uh, who aren't really highly educated get uh, jobs, that you know, if, if they can get a job as security in in, you know, in a building, um, or that's, you know, that's quite a, a common sort of job that people end up getting when they come to the city. And they, you know, they can be for two or three, from two or three different pockets in India. Now, everyone in cities, pretty much everyone has a smartphone nowadays. And, you know, you can get a smartphone for 50 euros now, um, or, or 40, 40 euros, which you couldn't earlier. Now, when they buy these smartphones, they also go and buy chips of pirated content Okay, So they'll get a little SD card uh, where they'll pay another 50 rupees or less than a euro and ask for content in their language. And the guy who's selling them the phone will give them, um, say, 100 hours of content, uh, video, songs, television, etc. In their regional language, they'll put in their phone. And that's what they watch all night when they're sitting outside the building guarding it. So it's a really interesting phenomenon and some, you know, the, the, the scale of India can really be tapped into if, if we get into, uh, and we're not doing it that much. We're just doing English and Hindi, but getting into regional languages. Wow.
0: That just I mean, makes my mind spin in terms of trying to figure out how to get the marketing into that little chip. I love that. Great story, Rupak. So um, you're a man who's on the beat, uh, but who, uh, you're we're always looking upstream. So who did the, who are the people that you look to for inspiration, uh, for great sources of information? Who are the people you? you what's your pipeline?
1: So I'm pretty um, active on on Twitter, um, and so I you know I follow. Um, I think I I'm not sure how many people I follow, but I think it's at least uh, a good three or four hundred. Um, some of them make no sense, but a lot of them do. So that's that's one one source. Uh, but in terms of the stuff that I read on a on a regular basis, I'd say Fast Company is my number one source. I mean, I, I just my mind it boggles my mind how they can just churn out at least five really interesting pieces of content every single day. And when I get their newsletter, because I'm so behind and I'm always sort of my schedule is always packed. I'm always hoping that they have nothing interesting that I want to read. <laughs> it's like, yeah, please, that's... please, only boring stuff to Wait, read. Right. Like, yeah. damn it, I've got three things I want to read. Yeah. So I've put it away for reading. So there's Fast Company. And I think, you know, what I, why I really like Fast Company is because the company that, the 120 Media Collective, my company is really about blurring the lines between uh, a few adjacent spaces, communications, entertainment, and technology. And I think that, Fast company does that amazingly well. you know they blend design with uh, with film and the digital space and uh, um, sort of uh, you know eco-friendly living and leadership. and you know so it's that blend of things that really makes it interesting. Mm. Uh, Mashable to me is another great source uh, and I'm a die-hard fan of the Harvard Business Review. Um, and, and in addition to this, Um, I I don't read real paperback or hardcover books. Uh, I stopped the day I got my iPad. Uh, But I I read about, I have about seven or eight books I'm reading at the same time. So it takes me a while to read a book because I I jump
0: from one to another. But, um, you know, it's, it's what it is these days. Parallel reading, multitasking. We know it. Oh, so Rupak, so thanks for coming on the show. How can any people track you down, uh, understand better, uh, follow you, uh, and or contact you?
1: Um, well, the best way to contact me is to mail me at rupak, that's R-O-O-P-A-K, at the120mediacollective.com. Or follow me on Twitter at rupaksaluja, that's R-O-O-P-A-K-S-A-L-U-J-A.
0: Brilliant fabulous stuff, learned lots thanks for coming on the show and I'm definitely looking forward to keeping up with what's going on in India, thanks a lot Rupak thanks so much Minta, absolute pleasure being on the show thanks for having listened to this recording of the Minta Dialogue Internet show, you'll find the show notes on themindset.com where you can also sign up for my weekly newsletter at forward slash subscribe if you like the show, please rate it in iTunes and don't forget to click the handy Facebook like button or to tweet it out In the meantime, please come join the conversation at The Mindset or catch me on Twitter at M-D-I-A-L. Happy trails.